Well, let's start. I'm uh, I'm glad that, the, that you guys are here. Uh, we're talking with Laszlo and uh, Francois. My name is Gerard. Um, and uh, today we will have a, uh, a conversation around the uh, story of Prometheus, uh, about the book Prometheus Bound, as uh, told by Aeschylus, uh, although it's disputed uh, if he really wrote that. Um, the book um, I used for uh, a few texts is um, written by a Dutch guy called Gerrit Komrij. He died already some, uh, I think, some eight years ago. He was a writer and a translator. Um, the book is from 1992. Actually, quite a funny book. It's a small book. It's a black book uh, with a black cover, and on the cover there is a box of matches. Um, so I, I, I use it always to keep it out of the hands of, uh, of my children uh, when they were small. Um, and in the book he writes, uh, and I, I already sent this to you guys, he writes um, that Prometheus there is the missing link, and this is my translation in English by the way, so it's, something is wrong, it's, it's, uh, it's my fault. Prometheus here is the missing link between jubilation and woe, salvation and eternal change, hope and fate, God and puppet. And uh, with God and puppet then immediately <laughs> we might think of uh, we go towards organizations, well, you know. Um, all these things, uh, how do these things as written uh, about Prometheus, uh, you know, uh, stolen the fire from Zeus, how do these things apply to our today's business world? Uh, usually MPEs are welcomed with loads of fringe benefits, but, uh, and we see it now in these times, also easily dismissed if the economic climate is harsh. Uh, this golden change of high salaries and bonuses it keep you possibly away from what you really love to do. The high potential is the hope of the company, but his fate is that it's as good as his last evaluation. And you're free to develop yourself in whatever direction, but in the end your manager pulls the, the strings, the gods and the puppets. It's all a bit uh, black and white. Um, uh, to be honest, what I think is, uh, is, is interesting about the story is that um, um, the Greek gods, the created man uh, in their image. I mean, not not God in the Bible. The biblical God created uh, man in His image. I mean, there was only one God, and He was uh, perfect. Uh, but there were lots of Greek gods, um, all with the flaws and stuff. And and uh, so Prometheus, he made humans from clay, and uh, and and then Zeus spit, and Athena's bread made uh, humans alive. Um, and they were made in the image of the gods, you know, funny, evil, humorous, etc. That's all the gods were. Um, and we were denied, denied fire by Zeus not to become self-conscious. And then, uh, you know, as we know, in the book, uh, Prometheus stole the fire from Zeus. He gave it to man and he was punished eternally for that. Um, now, the interesting thing is that Zeus, as any god, he, he needs <coughs> human beings, actually. I mean... If you're a ruler and there's nobody to rule, right? So, so Zeus uh, he needs he needs him, uh, but at the same time he fears him as well. And um, so, when man received fire, you also actually did not need gods anymore. I mean, even even one wondered, I think, that um, why didn't they receive fire at all, uh, right? So, why aren't employees given full autonomy? Why, over time, um, they had to fight for the rights to gradually receive more freedom, etc. Now, of course, we know that an organization is a construct, uh, you know, checks and balances, goals, uh, hierarchy, logistics, whatever. Um, but the question is then, should boards and CEOs, being the top guys, being the gods, share their fire to, uh, to give uh, employees independence and full autonomy? Or should they deny it to them because of fear of losing control? 
So then the question is, um, and we can focus on this question uh, right now, and maybe you have uh, some ideas about it to start, um, is, isn't autonomy in organizations just an illusion? And then also keep in mind, would it be desirable to have it if people can deal with fire? And if so, what does it take? But let's start with, with is it an illusion? What do you think, guys? Silence. Uh, no, well, <laughs> if I'm allowed to start. Yeah, anybody. I mean, this is just a free flow of conversation and thoughts, so go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, I was prepared for the, the second part of your question, not the first one, whether it is an illusion or not. And um, we, can, we can deal quickly with that. I, I, I can add, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's actually an illusion, but uh, what okay. do you guys think? <laughs> well, it is it is a working illusion. You can mm -hmm. you can you can see it as an illusion or as something attainable. But what is sure is, if it is an attainable, it is still in progress. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find beautiful in the Prometheus myth mm -hmm. uh, that there is a temporality. Mm -hmm. and, well, when when we only look at the parts uh, Prometheus bound. It is, of course, one thing, but the, the myth is not starting with that and also not ending with it because right. there's Prometheus Unbound. So I think sure. that it is not important to fix it as an, as an um, illusion, but mm -hmm. that it is an illusion at the moment, but maybe we will come there. And, and that that's a beautiful part of the myth, that it is uh, philanthropic, uh, and mm -hmm. contrary to misanthropic, what Zeus was, mm -hmm. uh, that he hated, well, in a way, he, he used the mortals, but he didn't like them specifically. And mm -hmm. that's, um, I think, also our work as authentic organization is philanthropic. Mm -hmm. It is in the love of the humans mm -hmm. and not especially of the gods. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it is an illusion, but we can work toward it. Maybe it's an ideal. Right. It's it's still um, it's still that the, there is hope. Well, yes, hope is another big thing of the of the myth. We can talk about that also. Mm -hmm. uh, am I allowed to con to go on about this? I'm because fine I'm, with anything. Yeah, sure. Oh, it's very interesting. I send you the link of the the post of Marty Sulek. I saw the link. I, I saw as well. It was 400 something pages. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely fantastic stuff and, and very recommended. I think it can be of great use to us. Yeah. Um, and well, uh, there's also yeah. this aspect that hope was originally for the Greeks something in the in the box of Pandora. Right. So more uh, a bad thing than a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it actually um, uh, Protagoras who use the, the myth of uh, Prometheus to, to, uh, to promote his philosophy, mm -hmm. uh, made it a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And I think if we, uh, for business consulting and also hope should be seen as a positive thing. Mm -hmm. So in the resolution, uh, in, the, in the Prometheus unbound parts of the myth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. And it's also funny to see that when Pandora, she opened the box, everything went out and then she quickly uh, put the lid on it. And then one thing left, which was Elpis, which was a small god, which was hope. Yeah. It's a nice story, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic story. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Laszlo, about the uh, illusion? Yes. Uh, 
I agree that uh, to gain autonomy is a process, mm -hmm. meaning that um, on the one side it uh, is not actual right now, on mm -hmm. the other side uh, it is becoming actual uh, over time. So this, mm -hmm. I believe, could be a possibility, but it is not a guaranteed possibility. Right. And uh, in order to make it happen, uh, especially in today's organizations, uh, Promethean acts <laughs> may be necessary. Mm -hmm. So uh, I also, it's, it's a very interesting uh, metaphor, the Prometheus uh, metaphor for in relation to organizations, because we can look at it from many angles. Yeah. And uh, one of them being uh, what you just presented, managers being gods or semi-gods, Mm -hmm. Or we can look at it from another angle where managers very much belong to the humans mm -hmm. also, themselves mm -hmm. not having any autonomy mm -hmm. to, act, to act freely according mm -hmm. to, to their better judgment. If mm -hmm. they have better judgment, you know, it's another, another question. But, uh, yeah. but I think um, when we look at it um, realistically, Mm -hmm. And we talk to managers, ask them, yeah. you know, like, how would you do things differently? Mm -hmm. And uh, idealistically, they are very similar. Mm -hmm. Idealistically, everyone agrees that um, the organizations must improve. They are mm -hmm. not people-centric right now. There are even movements, mm -hmm. people-centric organizations. So I think that everybody sees the problem mm -hmm. that today's organizations suck. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not for people. Mm -hmm. Today's organizations are set up for semi-machines, semi-robots mm -hmm. to perform ever-increasingly standardized tasks mm -hmm. and uh, to be predictable, to be mm -hmm. manageable, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And this is absolutely anti-human. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody is in the pickle. Not only, not only the receptionist, but the CEO as well. Yeah. And uh, so I, th I don't believe that um, the metaphor of semi-gods apply to, uh, applies to managers. Mm -hmm. I believe managers are also uh, hum among the humans. Sure, yeah. And uh, when it comes to titans, you know, if you yeah. look at uh, the mythology of titans rising against uh, gods, uh, especially, I, I'm not too good in uh, Greek mythology, but I think mm -hmm. the Titans were rising uh, against the original gods, which was uh, heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, heaven and earth created the Titans, and, um, and uh, the Titans gave birth to uh, the Apollonian gods of Zeus, mm -hmm. Zeus and uh, his his uh, siblings and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm not sure, and the, I assume that um, the first creations were the Titans, then came the Apollonian gods, and then came only after them, the humans. I would completely, I, I think, I think Prometheus was a Titan as well, but maybe I'm, I'm wrong here. Um, oh, I think it, you're right, yeah, he was a Titan. He was a yeah, Titan. Yeah, so yeah. it's very interesting that Prometheus was a Titan, and Titans preceded the Apollonian gods, mm -hmm. so he kind of returned 
And uh, if he was a titan and he was rising against his offsprings, mm -hmm. that's a very interesting uh, proposition. Mm -hmm. And then Prometheus was actually saved by Hercule Hercules mm -hmm. or Heracles in the Greek uh, mm -hmm. version. And Heracles was actually a hero. Mm -hmm. And only humans could be heroes. Mm -hmm. you know, humans, I mean, heroes were considered to be semi-gods also because mm -hmm. they were so much above the average uh, human who lacked the fire or who lacked self-awareness, self-consciousness. Uh, so heroes were something in between mm -hmm. uh, semi-gods or gods and, and humans. And, um, and he was saved by a hero mm -hmm. from, from the chain. So I think these are all potential metaphors we can use for organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we can uh, probably disregard the heavy mythology, methodology, like mm -hmm. uh, examining how is it possible a titan rises against his offsprings. Mm -hmm. you know, although I didn't read Prometheus' name listed among the titans, yeah, uh, but uh, but I I'm not educated enough to comment on this uh, in this respect. So we can probably disregard this, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, we can look at who are the gods in here, in this case? Are the investors mm -hmm. right? Uh, I, I think gods? it's good. Yeah, I, I, indeed, I, I think it's good to to connect in, in immediately to the business world then, and. Um, it's interesting. What do you think then? Who who would? Where shall we start then? Who would be the gods? I would, if I may, and just uh, insert here my short answer: Whoever sets and maintains the value system, mm -hmm. according to which ninety-nine percent of the corporations operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who are they? You know, it's uh, probably difficult to answer because this value system also uh, has evolved over hundreds of years. Yeah, the, the, the problem is probably that, um, I mean, if we look to the gods then here, like maybe investors or maybe boards or whatever, I mean, they're in a, um, holistically seeing, they're in a larger system of capitalism as well and, um, and history. and. Uh, so uh, if we talk about autonomy, um, to keep it practical, shall we, shall we start then from the top? Is that an idea or what do you, th what do you guys think? Maybe contextually, we can start perhaps with the context and from there we can enter the okay. organizations. You know, contextually, business organizations, as we all know, uh, exist right now to create a, an optimized profit. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So uh, we also know the story, you know, we don't have to go through it, but uh, for the past few hundred years, the first appeared uh, and increasingly they became mechanical, mm -hmm. resembling a machine, a profit making mm -hmm. machine. Yeah. And the organic elements disappeared. So even in traditionally organic enterprises like uh, agriculture, mm -hmm. You know, uh, the element of organicity <clears throat> disappeared and it became food manufacturing, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So it, it has become incredibly mech mechanic, uh, mechanized, the yeah. business world. And this creates huge problems. And it seems that uh, we are hitting a tipping point where yeah. maybe heroic effort maybe may have to be introduced 
in order to change all this, starting from the very fundamental, fundamentals. So the question arises, without aiming to make changes to the fundament, fundamental aspects of business, mm-hmm. is it possible to achieve autonomy? Because at the current state of affairs, autonomy is not required and it's not desired by management and by investors. Yeah, that's true. Although there were some uh, some um, slow starts and and like holacracy, which I think already died. With them, I'm not completely sure. I'm, I, at least I know that Zappos started with that, uh, but yes. um, I, I think they I think they left the path. I'm not I'm not completely sure. Um, also, I don't I don't remember if they left it or just exper- continued the experiment. But see, in in this case, holacracy. Uh, initiatives are launched without changing the fundamentals. So everything remains. Everything Zappos, remains, yeah. Zappos got bought by Amazon, and Amazon is famous for, you know, yeah, yeah. for being an incredibly efficient machine. Yeah. You know, so the fundamentals are not challenged. Uh, fundament, challenging the fun- fundamentals would mean, that, in my opinion, and this is what I would like to put on the table for to discuss and discard or approve, you know, that changing the fundamentals would mean that we face the following. New, either new business organizations are created, not for the sake of making profit only, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but for the sake of providing an environment for people where well, they can strive yeah. fundamentally. Like, like a community. Like a community of people working together This would be and and uh, unfold their potential. Mm-hmm. This would be the fundamental purpose. Mm-hmm. And secondary purpose or tertiary purpose would be making profit. Mm-hmm. So that would mean that many things. It would mean that the organizations remain small, you know, and uh, cooperative, and many other things we can touch if you want. Mm-hmm. But this would be the the basic premise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other side of the coin is that without changing the fundamentals in current existing organizations, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no chance for autonomy. It's just uh, a logical contradiction mm-hmm. to, st- to thrive for o- mm-hmm. autonomy in an organization that exists not for you know, the unfolding potentials in people, but to make profit. Yeah. So this is the premise, I think, uh, if I may suggest, but there could be other premises to approach this. Yeah, sure. What do you think, uh, Francois? Shall we continue this path? Um, or well, it, it, it is such a rich domain that that we, I think, we can continue many paths. Um, uh, if I can add something uh, to what you say, Laszlo, which is probably a very wise path to follow, uh, and make one step back to the myth. Um, mm-hmm. that was the idea to to exhaust mm-hmm. the myth mm-hmm. um, in what way it can be of use to us um, there's a very important aspect in the in the myth that is the the um, distinction between uh, mythos and logos mm-hmm. so the myth itself has wisdom mm-hmm. uh, brings a certain wisdom which is not in logos Mm-hmm. And so Prometheus also not only gives fire, but he gives 
um, well, I have the extensive list here somewhere. He gives about everything to the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the myths, as told by Protagonas, he gave mind and reason, mm-hmm. interpretation of sight and sounds, um, uh, astronomy, math, writing, domestication of animals, navigation, medicine, um, foresight, which is also his name, huh? just to... Mm-hmm. Uh, large direction in philosophy to more than accentuating the stealing of the fire that he was the god of four or the, the titan of foresight mm-hmm. uh, and mining so i think uh, we can also make the distinction whether we are in logos mm-hmm. which is like knowledge mm-hmm. um, or that we try to include the wisdom of the myth which is like a, a mystery to everyone, including the people in the myth itself. This wisdom comes from uh, Athena. Mm-hmm. And so um, um, Protagoras later and taken up by Plato and Socrates, um, making this distinction how you, how you bring wisdom to people. And mm-hmm. uh, Socrates is kind of convinced that there is a basic impossibility mm-hmm. to um, bring wisdom from one human being to another mm-hmm. and that you need a way to do it. And the myth would be a way to do that. Right. So, um, I totally agree with, with Laszlo that we will come finally to some practical promise if we talk about um, um, companies. Mm-hmm. And I agree with totally also with Laszlo that the company is a profit-making factory. And well, how do you get some wisdom in it mm-hmm. uh, or some changes or some progress? But in the myths, there is this progress huh? and the, mm-hmm. the reconciliation in, in the uh, Prometheus Unbound is a reconciliation with all the difficulties included. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice if yes if we we walk one path but if we try to be aware that maybe there's an unexpected beautiful solution or some light Mm -hmm. uh, coming out of the myth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i mean the i think the myth versus the logos is definitely a very interesting uh, starting position Mm -hmm. and uh, we can certainly project this into, or try to project, especially the the myth part, the wisdom part to corporations. Wisdom is definitely something that is being actively sought by by managers in corporations. Mm -hmm. Everybody intuitively accepts that wisdom is not bad, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak. Certainly, and a myth itself, for me personally also is a very interesting topic that could be looked at from uh, various aspects. And um, for example, uh, one aspect maybe that uh, myth, then we draw analogies between myth and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, myth is a supra-rational realm, while uh, logos is the principle of the rational faculties. Mm-hmm. And um, myth and wisdom ranking higher than logos and uh, rational realm. 
Mm-hmm. It, it actually contains it. Mm-hmm. So there is no path to wisdom uh, without transcending the rational domain. So if somebody wants to reach wisdom, in other words, one must be also rational, but has to transcend the rational domain. It cannot avoid it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a ladder, you know, so wisdom is high, mm-hmm. the, the top of the ladder, but um, the steps leading to it go through uh, the rational domain. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we look at, but also we can look at this ladder from two sides, from the bottom or from the top, you know. So if you look at it from the bottom, uh, we have to become rational beings and then we have to be more than rational beings in order to reach wisdom. If you look at it from the top, uh, we are on the side of wisdom Mm-hmm. And and we see the rational domain below us, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So do we need to go down the ladder? Not necessarily, unless there is a purpose we want to fulfill. So we may make, um, uh, when, when a wise man speaks rationally, it's very different from mm-hmm. uh, a man, a rational man speaking rationally who is not wise yet. Mm-hmm. So this would be the, uh, the the analogy. And also when it comes to myth, mythos, we can look at it from a historical point of view. Mm-hmm. Many people do. And uh, these people look at it as a prehistoric reality, an actuality that precedes the chronological unfolding of events. Mm-hmm. And from this point of view has a lot to do with eternity in a supra-temporal sense. Mm-hmm. And from a, which means, how can we access the supratemporal realm? We can access it uh, through the temporal one, just like we access wisdom from mm-hmm. through the rational faculties mm-hmm. in the in the now. So the supratemporal realm, eternity, in other words, is always actual and always relevant. Mm-hmm. It is always happening, in other words, now. Mm-hmm. So from this point of view, one's relation to the myth, uh, one is first of all that the myth is accessible right now mm-hmm. for the humans. So, uh, and this uh, goes way beyond the Greeks, of course. It goes to all traditional systems, Christianity mm-hmm. and uh, major traditional religions uh, included. So when you look, for example, at the, at the various books of the New Testament or the Old Testament, you can actually look at these stories mm-hmm. as stories happening right now. Yeah. You know, and the same goes for, uh, for the Greek mythology. Right. So what, what is the connection? How can one perceive these myths mm-hmm. to be an integral part of his own life? Mm-hmm. For that, you, re- you require this fire. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the direct connection to the gods mm-hmm. uh, that without which you are actually, uh, they didn't formulate it in this way mm-hmm. in the Greek mythology, but what makes a man, mm-hmm. in most traditions, man is his uh, origin. Mm-hmm. 
And he's and the, here the the differences between the modern views and uh, ancient views differ. The ancients tended to look at man as originating from God, mm-hmm. not as a clay, because when they were clay, mm-hmm. they were still not really human. Right. They needed that fire that connected them to gods to become really uh, man. Yeah capable of becoming heroes, capable of uh, rising to the level of gods. There are many other myths uh, that we don't have to touch, but uh, there are myths, uh, for example, the Mithras, the Mithras myth, mm-hmm. when uh, one transcend, Mithras transcends the rational, the temporal, the human state, mm-hmm. and rises all the way to the gods, mm-hmm. you know, and we can be we can even view these um, levels as levels of consciousness. So Kronos mm-hmm. or Zeus, we may lo- view as a particular level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. We have corresponding analogies in Christianity and angiology. So various mm-hmm. angels, there are several levels, could depict various levels of consciousness one may achieve above the rational domain. Mm-hmm. How can one rise with the fire? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the alchemists treat this question: how to keep the fire burning, mm-hmm. not too much, not too little, and all that stuff. The fire is a central element for rising. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if we, so this this is definitely a beautiful domain to consider uh, mm-hmm. the myth and wisdom that is some something that is very difficult to reach and not available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Typically, as we see from the, uh, the mythos, various types of mythos, that uh, only a few can rise, and the others are waiting mm-hmm. to receive the wisdom passively. Yeah. So there's only a few who can actually get it, and this determines a certain hierarchy among people mm-hmm. that, that was uh, also historically a factual uh, thing that uh, mm. we had the caste system, we have the orders where typically the highest ones were the ones dealing with wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, the ideal state, uh, many agree, uh, is the one where, you know, philosophers, not in the modern sense, who treat each other's work mm-hmm. as a major uh, activity, but who deal with wisdom and uh, deal with the ultimate good the absolute and various other terms, you know, metaphysical concepts, you yeah. know, where, where physio- uh, philosophers uh, rule yeah. and established uh, basically the, the rules of the game, yeah. followed by those who can understand wisdom but cannot get it directly. Mm-hmm. These are the ones who typically enforce the rules. They use force and power uh, to enforce it followed by those who have a sense for harmony, Mm -hmm. to live in harmony with the truth. They may not grasp it directly, but they see, they know it when they see it, so to speak, and they can always follow those uh, above them in this hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So there is a few, there is wisdom, you know, there are the absolute terminus technicus, and there are a few and a little more, and the hierarchy is kind of building a, a pyramid. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, at the bottom of the pyramid are, pe- are the people, you mm-hmm. know, the, not clay anymore. Mm-hmm. They have potential, 
to the uh, to to grow, but they cannot directly reach wisdom. They cannot directly reach the gods. Mm-hmm or the semi-gods, or, or the titans. The titan also may be looked at, looked at as, a, as an attitude. It could be a positive thing, it could be a negative thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a negative thing to aim at something that you cannot get. Not because it's hidden from you, you know, like uh, some mm-hmm. evil uh, god uh, is hitting it, uh, uh, hiding it from you. Right. So you can, you should suffer. Mm-hmm. It could be that you simply cannot get it because you are not predisposed to get it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the skills, the capabilities. You don't have enough fire to get it. You know? Yeah, or or it's aspirational. I mean, you want to get it. You might reach partly, but not fully. Well, you know, this was the other mythos of um, Icarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Who, who wanted to reach the sun, but it, he was not distinct. He's going to burn. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and, uh, not but then in the end, not. Yeah. So, so because uh, what does it mean? Titanic, from this point of view, means that you disregard a sacred hierarchy and you try to usurp power. And then the punishment is automatic. Mm-hmm. You know, then you usurp power. So you, you try to occupy a role where you don't belong. Mm-hmm. And uh, this also has uh, direct, um, this directly reflects to society at large or companies in particular. Uh, as we can see, people are not stupid, of course. People know or intuit if somebody is in his role or not. Mm-hmm. And now we see that um, all the <laughs> surveys, not that I take them too seriously, but the surveys, at least in this respect, confirm that there is a huge decline in trust among people towards politicians, towards uh, business leaders, as they mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So people intuitively know that these guys don't belong there. Mm-hmm. They usurp this power. Mm-hmm. And um, on the other side, the people who are really usurping power, in order to make themselves safe and secure their positions and save face mm-hmm. in the, against obvious, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against obvious odds, because they cannot really save face, they already lost it, you know. Although it might also be possible that um, people are just not qualified to actually qualify to see if somebody's in the the right spot or right position or not. It's also possible, yes. Do they have the wisdom to judge? I think this is the, it's it's an interesting point. That's why I use the word that they intuit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They they have intuition about it, you Mm -hmm. know. So if you ask them, they cannot give you a thorough scientific treatise on why this guy is in the wrong spot, for sure. They just know, I don't trust this guy. It's a a gut thing. A gut thing, yes. We we saw, uh, you and I, we discussed this um, interview uh, I forgot his name that you mentioned that you also liked it. Uh, a professor in, uh, I think, from Israel, you know. And, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was talking about um, how the kid, a, a young child, 
you know, almost like uh, not a baby anymore, like a five-year-old child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If somebody approaches him that he doesn't know, mm -hmm. you know, he's not using his brain to evaluate options. Mm -hmm. you know? like, why should I like or trust or distrust this man? Yeah. But immediately uses feelings. And uh, he, the child feels the man, mm -hmm. feels the stranger. And typically, this is the intuitive part, the intuition is very, very good. Mm -hmm. And people have this intuition uh, when they look at um, a manager, a leader, a political leader, mm -hmm. you know, if they haven't lost it, you know, because right. um, naturally, in their natural disposition, they feel. They mm -hmm. always deep down mm -hmm. know. Can I trust this man or not? And um, of course, we don't go in that direction. That there are <laughs> there are ways to manipulate people to to not to listen to their guts. Yeah, and uh, just accept an idea through an ideology that, for example, everybody should be trusted. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they can, you know, it sounds nice because it's equality, and I accept. But deep down, everybody knows mm -hmm. I, I trust this guy or I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, I believe they have the intuition. This is a very organic factor in people to have intuition. It touches the realm of wisdom as well. And this is, I, I believe, this is not wisdom yet. I think oh. the intuition is kind of... Touching. It's touching, yes. It, uh, it connects to wisdom. Yes. Right. It's a kind of, it's a flash, a moment of, um, like a flash moment of insight into yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Is the intuition wisdom is to know to have it all the time, right. not just for a moment. Yeah, if we, uh, if I would like make the suggestion, if we go back to um, to uh, actually what Francois also said, so if we have myth and wisdom maybe on the one side and logos on the other side, or connected like in the latter, as you say, Laszlo, which I think makes sense because only gut feeling, uh, there must be some other senses as well, but it's not only working. Um, if we bring it to the uh, to the business domain, um, obviously, you know, if uh, if you hire a person uh, uh, in the capabilities or listed what you need, I mean, uh, apart for your education, no nobody's writing wisdom, right? I mean, I I I, I never saw it. Um, but obviously, um, people in organizations need a lot of knowledge. They're in search of knowledge, uh, but knowledge is not wisdom. And um, they have a lot of questions. They're not sure what to do. They ask uh, consultants. Many consultants uh, are being hired for all kinds of stuff. Then, um, you know, sometimes even misused to go to some direction. Um, but what is the role of wisdom in, in organizations? How to achieve that if, if we don't have it? Francois, maybe? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Well, um, and maybe in connection to the myths, I'm fine with anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the lean way. <laughs> I'm, uh, this is such a large domain that we, we can, with every answer, I can go in, in a, any direction. But let's say if we connect the myths to the business, mm -hmm. I think one thing is very important, and, and Laszlo touched that also temporality. Mm -hmm that the myth has um, a start, um, well, it, it has, I identified like four phases in the myth, mm -hmm. uh, the negotiations at the Mykone, where between uh, Zeus and the humans, mm -hmm. 
Prometheus, which is at that moment the advisor as Zeus uh, by philanthropic um, <laughs> uh, um, motivations, tricks uh, Zeus. Mm -hmm. And then comes phase three, he is bound. And okay, the humans have the fire, but they suffer for it. And, mm -hmm. and Prometheus, the giver, suffers also. Mm -hmm. And they also suffer by the bringing of Pandora. And then there's the unbounds and uh, a new kind of deal between Zeus and humanity. Uh, a little side note is very interesting that Zeus, so he allows the gift of Prometheus to the humans, which is an extensive gift. Mm -hmm. Um, but Zeus also gives a gift, and he gives shame and justice. It's mm -hmm. extremely interesting, these mm -hmm. two, shame and justice. And with the idea that with all this, the gift of Prometheus, the extensive gift, and shame and justice, the idea is that people will be able uh, to live in a civic society mm -hmm. uh, and make their polis, uh, their city, functional mm -hmm. in a just way. Mm -hmm. um, or as Laszlo say, it's everyone has a possibility to grow, to find mm -hmm. his just place, mm -hmm. depending on their status. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, the myth is interesting if you want to help a business, for example, to identify in what of these four stages the business is actually, because mm -hmm. we have very different businesses. Well, that's your domain. I don't know so much about it, so correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But I suppose that if you place in one of these four phases, you will see businesses um, must be very different, I suppose. Can we list these four again, these four stages? Yeah, so the, the first is the um, is, is Mykone, where Zeus is tricked by Prometheus. He gives him a false gift. He gives him bones in fat, instead of the meat mm -hmm. and Zeus is strict and there that they, they discuss what will be given to the humans mm -hmm. and so uh, Prometheus is not does not agree with Zeus Zeus is a misanthropic he doesn't like them or as best as sexual objects for his own gratification but further he has no little interest that he holds the power and wants, mm -hmm. wants to hold the power. Mm -hmm. So this is a negotiation also about power. Mm -hmm. Then uh, you can imagine a business in that stadium. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's imagine. always in that stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sure you would make a comment like that. <laughs> I'm very but naive. I'm very naive about businesses. So <laughs> I can imagine maybe a business which in Keep the stage <laughs> of fire, yeah, I will. <laughs> in the stage of fire, uh, where the fire is given, but then it is given without wisdom. It is not given at a myth, it is really mm -hmm. given. So all the sciences, um, all the knowledge, uh, well, what is called in the myth, craftful arts. Yeah. I suppose there must be businesses in that too, Laszlo, or not? Sure. For sure, for sure. I mean, oh, without I mean, it, it would not work. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the bound stage, which is like a fixed state, which looks like will uh, will take eternity, mm -hmm. because the, the punishment for Prometheus is an eternal punishment. Mm -hmm. So the, the humans have all the gifts, all the signs, all the knowledge. They have no wisdom. And the... the 
the myth is stopped in a way. It is eternal punishment, eternal suffering. I would say the world is more in that stage and maybe business also. Okay. And then there's a resolution state where um, uh, Heracles uh, frees, uh, frees uh, Prometheus, but Zeus needs something in re in, uh, as counterparts. Mm -hmm. So uh, Prometheus warns Zeus that if he will uh, enter in a in a love relationship with a certain person, I forgot the name now for the moment, he will, uh, a son will be born who will overthrow Zeus. Mm -hmm. So Zeus is protected. So this is a big gift. And then Zeus accepts Prometheus again as his partner, as his advisor. And Prometheus is also promoted to the God state at that moment. Mm -hmm. And the humans get the myth and get wisdom. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently we are probably not there, <laughs> uh, but the interesting thing is that the reconciliation is all included with mm -hmm. all the problems, mm -hmm. all the twists which come with it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is interesting when you when you have this this myth in your as as knowledge background that you can look at a, at a, um, some company. Well, what is happening there mm. in the terms of the myth? And that may be a next stage of the way of your guidance will have the wisdom of the myth. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I might, but quickly thinking, I, I might think that maybe, let's say, uh, this time in organizations, the, the first three are, are almost uh, um, all connected. Yeah, yeah. But we might hover between three and number four, meaning right. humans uh, get the myth and then also uh, the wisdom in that sense. Yeah. What do you think, Laszlo? I would, uh, I agree. I agree. I think the first three is uh, what defines business. Mm -hmm. um, the, of course, the question of wisdom and the myth mm -hmm. when it comes to the business world is. I would say a little far-fetched. It would be very difficult to to squeeze myth into the business world. Uh, uh, unless it's storytelling with values and stuff, maybe. Uh, yeah, not so much into the business world. It is into the into us. Huh? Into um, yes, that's a different. That, that's definitely yeah. different. Yeah, and this I, brings us to the fourth the fourth stage, where uh, I couldn't have noticing immediately mm -hmm. uh, one thing that uh, in the mythos, Zeus was not the initiator of uh, the paradigm shift, if no. I may put it that way, mm -hmm. but it was, uh, it was uh, Herak uh, Heracles. <clears throat> you know? And um, Heracles was kind of a mediator that was necessary to reconcile Prometheus with Zeus. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, the, initi the initiative did not come from Zeus. It, not come, no, it did no, not no. come from high on. Mm -hmm. It came from below, so mm -hmm. to speak, from below that level. And yeah. that ab absolutely has relevance uh, to the business world. I think um, yeah, uh, it would be very irrational to expect changes coming from the top. No, so that's to speak. true. 
Yeah. And um, so the and we can see that happening that uh, there are grassroots movements um, emerging from below to change business for the better, mm-hmm. and these uh, typically fail to deliver as soon as they make a pact, as opposed to the myth mm-hmm. of uh, Prometheus. Uh, in our world, it, they as soon as they make a pact with um, with um, the savvy gods, I hate to use this word for these managers, so that's why no, I, no. I always hesitate to even say it, you know, but mm-hmm. so when they try to make a pact uh, with big corporate investors mm-hmm. and stakeholders, they will inevitably fail. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't see the chance for reconciliation. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I agree, Laszlo, but I think the uh, you, you point to Heracles, and I, I don't think it is a question from um, down up or up down. I think this was a lateral, it, it is a very strange part of the myth because it's not totally clear what why Heracles is doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a kind of lateral impulse. Mm-hmm. It's, it, um, well, I'll, I'll try to think about it more because I simply don't know exactly what this mm-hmm. figure is in this myth, but uh, mm, it is certainly not from below or something. It has Hera- to do with a connection between Prometheus and Heracles, but the connection is also totally unclear. Actually, there is no connection between those two. Um, uh, Heracles negotiates with Zeus if he can free Prometheus, but um, and he he suggests a bond with uh, that he is like a brother. Of Prometheus, but actually he is not, and and even in in the mythological status, there's no bonds. So there's a mystery, and I would like to say it's a lateral. I don't know if you remember uh, Edward Bono with his lateral thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is something which which coming from from a side into the story, and mm-hmm. and something I suppose as authentic organization, uh, you can also try to be like that, a lateral input into a company, mm-hmm. which makes things move in, an, in a natural order, which is more connected to the myth. Yeah? After this lateral input, Zeus comes into movements mm-hmm. and, and desires new negotiations. Mm-hmm. Like some organic movement then. Yeah, well, yeah, or yeah, some movement uh, yeah. of which we, we may not know the real... Uh, the real mechanics, uh, which, yeah. But the mo- if we talk about the movements, eh, now what we see then, movements uh, upwards, uh, that, that, you know, the, the change is not coming from the top, usually not, maybe maybe uh, some, some uh, organizations it might, or at least uh, some attempts. Um, but if it's from, from coming from below, is it then for uh, gaining free will, gaining autonomy, or is it, uh, is it gaining power? What do you guys think? Well, I think what, what Laszlo said before, people, some people are not able to uh, like get the whole scope of everything or know all the sciences, but recognize a kind of order and, and adjust a natural order and and have a tendency to agree with that, mm-hmm. which we could call trust. Um, I myself find trust a little bit difficult 
to put as an, as an absolute. But mm -hmm. anyway, there is something like... Um, um, and then this trust has to deal with wisdom as well then? Well, I don't think so. I, I think Laszlo pointed that <laughs> uh, justly this is just the disposition or the, the limitations and the possibilities of one person. Uh, yeah, okay. But uh, as we also discussed uh, that this wisdom is, is, is it's touching the wisdom. Yeah, yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's towards it. It's it only works. Uh, the ideal idea is that it only yeah. if it touches wisdom, that that gives the, the trust to someone because yeah. he yeah. naturally recognizes wisdom even without knowing it or yeah. without being able to express yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think uh, when we return to the question of autonomy, uh, it's really we have to face that. Um, and we discuss, we have discussed this at this conversation. People are different. Mm -hmm. People are not homogeneous, like everybody is the same. People are very different by disposition, by ranges of interest and skills and, uh, you know, natural born uh, capabilities. And uh, hierarchically, vertically, they are differentiated by their ability to grasp specifically, you know, to mm -hmm. how close they are to wisdom, to grasping mm -hmm. uh, wisdom. But uh, when it comes to autonomy, what people want is um, to be in their own, to be in their place. Mm -hmm. I think fundamentally, this is what drives. Uh, and I know this is a, a strong statement, and it could be argued against, you know. But let me just put it out there. I think fundamentally, people want to organize socially in a way where they are in their own place. You know, I yeah, think they thrive authentically. Yes, they feel uncomfortable when they are not in their spot, and this mm -hmm. concerns even people who usurp mm -hmm. positions of power because they usurp in it because they don't belong there. Yeah. They are not qualified. Yeah. I, I don't feel they feel good. I, I think they are, they are very uncomfortable in these roles. Yeah, like you the know. Peter Principle, you know, you probably know what it what is, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, this is the fundamental drive. People want to be themselves, in other words, number one. Mm. And people want to be uh, in a place that is reflective of their identity. In other words, they want to be in their own place. Mm. You know, if these two factors don't are not met, mm -hmm. then they simply cannot uh, unfold all their potentials. Mm -hmm. You know, in uh, in their lifetime. And today, of course, uh, work uh, and a workplace, so to mm -hmm. speak, <laughs> is the has become the context. Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, this, uh, there are things also, uh, not everybody is supposed to work, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So, for example, um, those who are closest to wisdom mm -hmm. are not predisposed to work. Mm -hmm. Their job would be to teach, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Teach, like uh, transfer as much as possible. Mm -hmm of the wisdom that they made them their own, mm -hmm. conquered it, become it, became 
because mm-hmm. uh, there is the theory that you are what you know, you you you, you become. This mm-hmm. is of uh, organic knowledge means that uh, you are actually what you know. You you become one with yeah, the okay. subject. So so they transfer. The teaching means in this respect that they uh, share themselves. Mm-hmm. They, it's not a, an acquired knowledge that anybody can get. You know, it's a wisdom. Uh, wisdom is the focus. So at this level, they should not work. Mm-hmm. Their job is to be educators, to be judges, mm-hmm. and um, and below this level is the level of power. It mm-hmm. also doesn't belong to the world of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why do you why do you make this distinction, Laszlo? Why is teaching not work? I mean, in nowadays society, this is considered work, no? Absolutely, I understand, uh, and this is why I make this disti- distinction because uh, there is work, and the, you know today's um, mentality definitely reflects this: that everything must be work. Mm-hmm. And I think this is wrong. Work is, uh, this is why I made the distinction. Yeah, yeah, no, now I, I understand where you are trying to get, yeah. Work is the third grade factor, and not the, and it's, uh, the first two grades in the hierarchy simply don't belong to this. And when we try to make everything work, we in- achieve terrible results. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that I, tot- I totally understand you now, but I, I have a question for, for you both, actually, mm-hmm. and that's, Um, since uh, Gerard so uh, um, uh, rightly linked the myth with these uh, four or five um, black and white contradictions, Mm -hmm. uh, what I miss, uh, what I miss to talk about everything uh, about businesses is that in the myth, there's no money. Mm-hmm. There, there, and and I started desperately to look <laughs> anyway about myths and money, and I came up short. But that was just I think because I was short of time. Maybe you have some good ideas, or a philosopher who talks about money because mm-hmm. there are gifts in the in the myth, yes. but the gifts are never money. And I think when you talk about everything has become work, everything has become money. That is a very strange thing, and these twists of money in in the world now which is somehow also linked about power uh, to power uh, i i came at a dead point there because Mm. i all we talk now about are like beautiful alignment of the myth and the business world Mm. We, we can see the how we could work with this but there's one fatal thing there there's this this element of money um which is not in the myth. And it, you can, of course, say, okay, maybe it's the fire, maybe it's the power, because in the power also, um, um, Protagoras makes an important distinction between physical might, which is Zeus, he has the power because he has physical might, mm-hmm. until intellectual cunning. So mm-hmm. intellectual cunning is seen by Protagoras also as power. Mm-hmm not as a craftful art, but as abuse of power. And I think uh, somehow I imagine mm-hmm. it's your <laughs> your yeah. trades. I don't know if you deal with businesses, you, you deal somehow with money. This is 
or touched or not touched position very yeah, well, yeah that's absolutely true uh, but although it's a, it's a, it's it's a, well relative but it's a, it's it's a construct obviously i mean um, if you look at businesses uh, in 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 long time ago uh, where people just communities where people would share stuff i mean i i i make this for you and you give me bread you know stuff yeah like that. yeah yeah, yeah. I, and I think modern businesses is not it's not only about money it's uh, of course money is important but not even that um, not not even number one I think number one is the that people um, can can uh, do whatever they do what they like that they that they feel seen that they're motivated uh, by themselves that they like what they do um, acknowledgement um, you know all this kind of stuff is important as well I, I think it comes it comes with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I, I can imagine it's not in the myth because uh, this, this money thing is a, a rather recent invention. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, it's, uh, well, linked to capitalism as well. Um, and and it would be great if, if we could do the work without money, if we could take it out, but, uh, and the bonuses and whatever. Oh, we understand we can't. And, and it's the same as in the myth of Prometheus. A lot of things... Uh, actually, in the in the last deal between Zeus and and humans, there is this that everything has to be included, and that it is not an ideal construct. It is an it is a balance between power and wisdom mm-hmm. that gives mm-hmm. the civic society. But in our society, well, I, I simply I was curious if one of yeah, you yeah. spit up uh, a philosopher who gives wisdom about money, or are we? <laughs> limited still what we know of uh, capitalism and things like this like as you say constructs yes, uh, I, I read a very interesting book on this very topic by uh, David Graeber mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it's called uh, Debt the first 5000 years yeah. <laughs> it's a fascinating book and yeah. uh, he's an anthropologist and looks at, at money from a very different point of view, not from the economical point of view, mm-hmm. as economists do. And, Send uh, the link, uh, if you can. Uh, I will, definitely. I, I highly recommend. It's a very entertaining book also. It's uh, incredibly cool. Yeah. I'm not a money guy, so I don't understand financial products sold on Wall Street and stuff, <laughs> you know, short selling and stuff. But, uh, but this was uh, speaking to me. Now, anyways, uh, I'm not going to talk long about it, but uh, he, he turned the conventional view on um, the evolution of money upside down. So mm-hmm. the evolution of uh, the conventional view is that first there was Bartel, mm-hmm. you know, as Herat said, I, I give you bread, you know, for half a chicken or something. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then it was uh, money. And then it was credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, he, he says that Bartel never worked. It's a myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he proves that it, it's really impossible. And uh, then it, sometimes it really did take place, but it always resulted in injustice in one way or another. So it was an incredibly yeah. dangerous yeah. enterprise, both between strangers and between uh, people who knew each other. Yeah, yeah. Bartel was a very, they, they really didn't want to touch it, never. They, the actual form was credit. And uh, the, that, that was the first form of exchange was credit. Yeah. 
and um, not the last one. And credit, of course, is very strongly related to gifts, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so debt and credit and gifts were the first triangle, so to speak. I do a favor for you. You kind of remember that favor. You mm-hmm. kind of owe me, yeah. you know, and we both keep it in mind and you will return, yeah. you know, this thing. And if you don't, then uh, this, uh, this harmony disappears. Mm-hmm. I mean, this harmony appears. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's a, this is kind of the, the gist of the book. It's, the, it's a long book, but it's worth the read. So when it goes to the myths, there's no, no surprise, there's no talk about money. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, it is, it is in, uh, it's also um, Roman law. The, the basic of Roman law is to be guaranteed if you give someone a loan that you get it back. Yes, yes. You can, the end, the, end um, the bottom line is if someone doesn't give it back, he becomes your slave. You, you owe him. Yes, yes. You know? <laughs> so it's, uh, yes, in various ways you own. And <laughs> so uh, definitely. So I don't but, know what, what justice Zeus give to men in the myth, but it was not about loans anyway. No, no, it's a, this is why the distinction is very interesting between the supra-temporal, supra-rational realm where the myth is taking place and the realm of the rational and sub-rational where men operate. Mm. And the need for men to be in harmony, in alignment with the supra-rational wisdom, the domain of the supra-rational wisdom. The Roman uh, system is, I mean, uh, there are many things that we will not have time to cover. Uh, The theory of involution versus evolution. So as we go back in time, as chronology appears and the chronological uh, unfolding of historical events, we observe, according to the view of involution, an involutive process, not an evolutive process when it comes to social organization and even human conditions. Very hard to digest for people who notice only the technological progress that we see because that's undeniably taking place. Mm-hmm. But, um, but even Plato turned attention to this um, involution of uh, systems when he outlined the five, uh, the, uh, the involution of the fo- state forms. This is still the same book you are talking about? This is different already. This is Plato's... Um, yeah, yeah. You know, when he says, you know, uh, there is a monarchy and there's yeah. democracy and uh, this is an involutive process going down uh, through mm-hmm. democracy all the way to tyranny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he explains the logical process of involution when it's applied to social organization. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And how people actually uh, devolve mm-hmm. over time unless there is a conscious effort to stop this involution, because otherwise uh, the involutive process is very natural. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I so, think uh, Sulek in his, in his um, explanation of the myth also puts like the, the real gift of fire is the gift of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And he leads it back to uh, first Francis Bacon and then Friedrich Nietzsche, mm-hmm. that there were like two... Um, 
uh, two important steps uh, that's to turn over this what you call involution. Uh, they, they kind of identify that and try to, to bring the wisdom down to humanity, which is then not yet, which not yet happens in a way. Mm -hmm. It's a, yes, it's an incredibly interesting topic, <laughs> for sure. For that sure, that is for sure. Yeah. So, but so, but also, if we project it to organizations, it could be uh, educational. I mean, we can observe, and now we are focusing on business organizations. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, adding to it, uh, of course, that almost every organization is becoming a business organization, which is also terrible, including academic organizations that should not belong to this domain, religious organizations also. And they belong more and more, like... Uh, more and more. Business is eating the world, as they yeah, say. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's not a good thing, because mm -hmm. there's nothing left to provide context for business. So this is a huge problem. Context. That, uh, context. There should be context that regulates business from above. You know, and uh, this is gone. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a different topic. So that's why it may, may have happened that now business leaders feel qualified to solve problems that, doesn't be, that don't belong to the business domain at all. Yeah. And this I, is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. So this is when Elon Musk's, Musk uh, comes forward and says that, you know, the robots are a threat and we have to become robots to fight that threat. Mm -hmm. This is such a, you know, this doesn't meet the minimal criteria of critical thinking, such statement. And uh, we believe people who can deliver goods in business settings. And uh, since they can deliver, you know, ship products, we trust them to have authority over questions of morality, ethics, and uh, various other domains yes. that really have, they are not qualified to. Like, a, like a, a, a Peter principle as well. Yes, yes. So we have to be... Gerard, can you, can you give a, a short uh, explanation of the Peter Principle? Yeah, well, that's that you have a great manager. The guy say, well, this is a top-notch manager. He's done this job already for 20 years. Let's promote him because he did this job perfect. He will do the, the next job, the next level. He will do it perfect as well. And then he just screws up. And it also applies like, you know, Yes, like uh, to across the domain. So Bill Gates was great at Microsoft. He's going to be good in yeah, the World yeah. Health Organization. Yeah, you know, and Elon, same with Elon Musk. All the tech tech guys. Oh, it's prediction. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this yeah. is yeah. a logical yeah. fallacy. Yeah. But uh, let's go back to the. Um, I understand what you're saying. Let's go back then, maybe to round it off to the organizations itself. I mean, if if there's a need of wisdom, um, and at least to grasp wisdom, come close to wisdom, and and lack of wisdom, and people would like to have guidance and direction, uh, not only the gut the, the gut feeling, um, because maybe they they have an idea about what's going on, maybe they don't have. Um, what would be the best state then? What, what would be the best the best way to handle this and to deal with this? To to come to a situation where people say, okay, I'm, I'm I think I'm now in the right position. I'm in the right spot. I can develop myself. Um, I have enough autonomy. And not I don't need more. I don't need less. This is okay. I think uh, there are uh, there are precedences 
for this when uh, effort, you know, initiatives were launched and enjoyed relative success. Not perfect, but relative success. Mm -hmm. uh, such precedents are, for example, Zappos that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know, it was an initiative that worked. It mm -hmm. attracted a certain type of uh, people mm -hmm. to the company, and it gave them everything in their power to make sure they can unfold their potential. Mm -hmm. uh, another example could be Ricardo Zemler, at the Zembra Corporation in mm -hmm. uh, Brazil, mm -hmm. who inherited a, a fairly large uh, family business, few hundred million dollars in sales, mm -hmm. and he, he decided to treat people as adults. Mm -hmm. So not to prescribe each and every step they have to do in an organization, he let them take as much vacation as they wanted, as they judged to be fair. So he, he showed, he really treated them as adults. And I think this was really his guiding principle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, can it be done uh, fully to make the organization fully authentic? Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. because the fundamentals still hasn't changed, but mm -hmm. at least these are very positive efforts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, so there's this, when you don't change the fundamentals, but try to make it bearable for people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's lots of room in this respect that mm -hmm. could be experimented with. Yeah. The other approach is a more fundamentally different approach. When we take what worked in the past mm -hmm. and kind of uh, adj uh, adjust those to the current era. Mm -hmm. Uh, in this respect, I see, because we can look at uh, almost fully organic organizations from the past on different levels of society. On the lowest level, we can find the guilds, mm -hmm. the guild system, mm -hmm. which was incredibly organic. Mm -hmm. So it's really attracted also certain types of people to, mm -hmm. uh, to the guild. Mm -hmm. Many times it was generational. Mm -hmm. So, for example, carpenters, you know, whole like five generation of carpenters belonging to the same guild. Mm -hmm. So very organic and the learning process mm -hmm. was also long, mm -hmm. very thorough and very organic. We can still see today in France uh, remnants of this still um, uh, maybe that may be led back to, to the Middle Ages, some guilds, uh, guild associations being incredibly successful and uh, still uh, using the same principles mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as in the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. these companions de devoir. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the only people who can, if necessary, rebuild cathedrals. Mm -hmm. Almost nobody could do it. Mm -hmm. So, so this is also a way to, so this, uh, I don't speak French, so I was just guessing how to pronounce it. These companions uh, uh, are an, is an example of something that survived from the Middle Ages into today. They mm -hmm. still exist. They have a museum and where they exhibit the goods and stuff. So there is something that could be even revived. Mm -hmm. For example, I was in Hungary uh, last week, and I went to buy a knife, a folding knife, mm -hmm. uh, from a, from a from a small family company. Mm -hmm. And uh, the master who made the knife showed me the shop and all the knives and everything. And he mentioned, without naming, uh, without saying the name Guild, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He said, uh, yes, I was educated still in the old system. And he mentioned the various levels he had to go through. It was like mm-hmm. uh, education over 10 years, mm-hmm. how to make each and every part of the knife himself, mm-hmm. including, uh, you know, training the steel and everything. So I said, so this is the guild. You were in a guild? Mm-hmm. So yes, how did you know? <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that there were steel guilds in Hungary even surviving. Yeah. surviving this stuff. So the guild and the first universities were also established based on the guild system. And um, so there is a way we can use these uh, principles to establish new organizations mm-hmm. and completely go. And uh, because not only corporations are not sustainable, but even academia is unsustainable mm-hmm. already. So it's really, and this is also a topic everybody sees that it it just doesn't work anymore. With the exception of some, again, organic uh, faculties like architecture, mm-hmm. you know, civil engineering, mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. all the rest of academia is basically useless. Yeah. Or even uh, even doctors like uh, medical doctors. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is almost if it continues in this direction, it's not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So because everything, I uh, can, uh, I can uh, from my uh, profession fully agree that it is <laughs> it is losing its essence and wisdom in a very fast, uh, very very fast. It's incredible that the uh, the real trade of being a doctor is just lost in technicalities, and you just have technicians now. Who can no, do certain it's things. Delivering, it's delivering techniques and knowledge, and uh, if you don't and pay attention, it will, will be done by computer. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it can be better done by a computer even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the whole idea what what the doctor was, actually, which was also a guild in a way, and, and this is, I don't know, it has, it has been lost over time from when I was a student till now. It's mm-hmm. incredible, actually, this. Especially, yeah, I think especially in the medical field. Yeah, and in the, in the therapeutic creation where actually you want to introduce wisdom and you want to see your patients as the source of this wisdom. Mm-hmm. That, the, 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 what what's the protagonists say, the man is the man measurement of everything. So mm-hmm. you don't see him, you don't place him as a man with certain limitation and certain capacities. You go you understand him as he is going to teach you something, mm. one aspect of reality. He reflects wisdom. Mm. And when you treat him as such, wisdom is born in him. You, you only need the instruments to make it work. Mm. Because he, he doesn't have a false perception of the world. He has the right instinct, what's happening to him, but not often the instruments to um, verbalize it. Mm-hmm. or to become conscious of his position. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, you are classified and you get a protocol treatment to adjust to society, which is a totally stupid thing, mm-hmm. yeah. totally stupid aim, and you lose the, the person actually with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it, it's very, absolutely tragic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If we uh, to come to a sort of not a full conclusion, because this is never in uh, in 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 the full conclusion. All these discussions we have, um, but if we come to an ending, could we say something like that? Say that also uh, also uh, authentic organization, by the way, um, 
would be very helpful if we just um, use myth and uh, and stories um, for reflection uh, within companies. I mean, if you look to uh, to the guilds, as Laszlo said, you know this master apprentice uh, thing. Obviously, uh, apprentices um, were were you know waiting to become a master, and, and maybe they thought themselves, now I'm I'm okay now, I'm the master, and the master might say, no, just wait a couple of years because of this and this. So it it needs this self reflection as well. Know thyself. I mean, it's coming. Uh, we've talked about this earlier um, in, in 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 former conversations. I think this is important, but maybe this cannot be done through this academia. Maybe not through logos to whatever, but you know through myths and just um, try to reflect on yourself and your relation to to a myth, your relation to a story, your relation to a guilt. What do you guys think? Would it be a, a nice round off? Yeah, I, for for me it's a big big yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I hoped when you invited me in in authentic organization, I saw like you are working in this direction and and um i would even add protagoras like gave the choice to his pupils Mm -hmm. what do you want uh myths or logos and -hmm. in a way i think this is a good question to always pose it as as the organization which which would hire authentic organization to ask them what they want actually Mm -hmm. But then we also, I'm sorry. No. Bears of myths, that would be absolutely great. I think that's that's a very good direction to head to. Yes, yes. I agree. I, I think uh, this is a good roundup, uh, roundup for us. In a way, we are always uh, treating the same questions from different angles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I think this was definitely a very interesting angle to look at. Uh, and uh, we will... You know, the authenticity question, know thyself uh, and be authentic and uh, build organizations based on authentic- authenticity mm-hmm. is, uh, <laughs> and now just to use this uh, uh, quip, you know, this is a mythical <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, mission for for us. Uh, we, that naturally, everybody who is in uh, real life in uh, business organizations, they have to fight with realities <clears throat> where if we go with the question of um, myth versus logos, uh, the answer we will get would be always logos. Mm. You know? yeah. and, um, but we also see exceptional, we meet with exceptional people in business uh, who would give us the answer that... Um, I want wisdom. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen this also, so we cannot say it, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, um, if we, of course, if we can achieve small changes, we cannot aim for huge changes. Mm-hmm. And just small qualitative changes in business organizations uh, where people feel a little more positive, you know, they don't hate it that much. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty good. That's Absolutely, a good results. Uh, result. Okay, gentlemen, um, I would say thank you very much, and uh, we will speak soon again on some other topics. And uh, take care. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye.